who is the most underrated actor of all time? It's Dolph Lundgren. Correct. Why? Well, because of his uh, spiky hair and yep. his ice-cold demeanor and his big muscles. Absolutely. I must break you. My name is Sergeant Andrew Scott. Come on, guys, don't do this. If I don't get breakfast, I get real grumpy. I don't think you like me grumpy. And you go in pieces, asshole. Let's kick some ass. Hello, and welcome back to I Must Break. This podcast, the fan podcast celebrating the cinematic career of action legend Dolph Lundgren. I'm your host, Sean, and on today's special interview episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with actor, writer, director, and producer Stephen Luke. But before we get to the conversation, I wanted to remind you all to please feel free to rate and review the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever else you go to subscribe. We always appreciate the reviews, especially those five-star reviews. Those always help. Also, please be sure to check out the Facebook page for the show, I Must Break This Podcast. Here you can stay up to date on the show, the career of Mr. Dolph Lundgren, and other news regarding action cinema in general. So if you're not already following the page, please feel free to like it, share it, and continue being a fan and helping spread the word. Uh, lastly, if you'd like to get in contact with me with ideas, suggestions, or thoughts on the show in general, you can take a look at the official webpage for the show, which is imustbreakthispodcast.wordpress.com. Now, on to today's conversation. Recently, I had the pleasure of chatting with Stephen Luke. Stephen is a huge history buff, especially of the World War II period. In fact, He's been able to combine his love of history and cinema by establishing the company Man the Line, a small business in South Dakota that rents out original military equipment, props, costumes, and other materials for various reenactments and film productions. Basically, if you've seen a film set during World War II within the past 10 years, there's a good possibility that some of the props were provided by Man the Line. In 2015, after writing and producing a number of World War II short films, Stephen was able to see his first feature film project come to life thanks to the help of Dolph Lundgren. That project was War Pigs. In War Pigs, Dolph Lundgren and Luke Goss lead and train a ragtag group of misfits to go behind enemy lines to eliminate a deadly Nazi weapon and hopefully come out alive. putting together a group of hand-picked men for a, a very special mission and I need you to lead them I need you back in the fight yeah the folders on our men the uh, war pigs war pigs Hitler's gonna build himself a new super weapon the vision wants us to go in and find it who sent you to spy on us let's deep into enemy territories I know it would be easy to get in or get out. Never is, sir. How's oh, it's further. 
men died following me, following my orders. Men died because of your orders, but more men did because of yours. I'm gonna get in, go find it, I'm gonna go home. In this conversation, Stephen and I discuss the genesis of War Pigs and how Lundgren was instrumental in getting the project off the ground. We also discuss the current state of independent action cinema and how Stephen's able to not only assemble World War II set films on a budget, but acquire known actors and attach their names to get financing. Stephen also gives intel on his two upcoming projects, both filmed within the past year and both reuniting him with Dolph Lundgren, Operation Seawolf and Come Out Fighting. Both these projects were written and directed by Stephen, and they should be released here in the next year. Clearly, Stephen is passionate about both film and World War II, and it's truly amazing to see him doing what he loves on a daily basis. So, without further ado, here is my conversation with Stephen Luke on I Must Break This Podcast. Well, yeah, thank you very much. I mean, obviously, I, I want to be as respectful uh, of your time. I, I know that you're very, very busy because, I mean, just, just looking at your uh, at your resume, you're a real jack-of-all-trades in a sense. I mean, you're an actor, writer, director, producer. You also uh, run and operate a company that rents, rents out military equipment for film productions and, yep. and reenactments. Is that right? That, that is correct. I, um, I have a company called uh, com. Um, I do rent out, uh, historical reproductions, um, uniforms, um, for the films, for TV productions. Like, for example, I, I had to send some stuff off to a production called Rebel Moon. Uh, oh, I can't, I'm blanking on who, whose movie that is. But, it, you know, there's sometimes, sometimes there's big stuff, sometimes there's little stuff. Um, you know, it's something I started in college, um, uh, wanting, you know, to kind of do, I always tell people it started off as being, you know, something where I, I, I started doing, you know, it would do, it was just for fun, and then it was like, oh, this this pays beer money, and then it was paying, you know, oh, it paid my, it paid rent, and then it was paying tuition, and then all of a sudden, I was like, I think I can make this a full-time job, um, you know, kind of by myself, and it was something that, you know, kind of tied hand-in-hand hand with um, my love of films and filmmaking, and I kind of had it, you know, it kind of helped support me during my, you know, quest to become, you know, just just making movies. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's an awesome segue, because I was really curious about that. So, if I understand correctly, I mean, and, and it's very evident from all of your films, but you're a huge history buff. You have a degree in history, right? Correct, yeah, I do. So, I mean, I, I mean, this is this is what I think is just fascinating, is that you're a history buff, you're also a film nut, and you were very fortunate and you were able to combine these two passions of yours. So was it the, I mean, and I'm just purely speculating, I don't know, but was it the, the Man the Line company that you forming that that kind of opened the doors to you stepping into the film, the, the, the film business, or how did that work? You know, well, that's a good, 
that's a good question. I'm getting old enough now where I have to actually think about that. Um, I, you know, I, I did a, um, you know, they always say when you want to get into, or at least they used to say, when you want to get into making your, like, first feature or you want to do film stuff, your your own stuff, they always say, like, well, you want to try to grab as much uh, assets as, as, as you have, you know, that you can to put in front of your screen. So you always want to, like, you know, try to, like, well, what do you have access to? You know, what, what you know, do you know, you know, are you doing a, uh, you know, like, let's just say you're doing an action movie and maybe you work down at the docks and, you know, like, okay, I know a bunch of buddies down there and I know the foreman and all this stuff and maybe we can go shoot location, you know, just, just for production value. Like, what, what do you have access to that would look cool on camera? And uh, one of the things that, you know, I kind of decided on, um, you know, I had a passion for World War II. I kind of started this business. Um, I had collected, I mean, not a significant amount of things um, over the years, but I had a number of things. I had a bunch of buddies that uh, do reenactments. Um, you know, I, I also, you know, do reenactments. Um, I do them less than I used to, um, but that was something that was a lot of fun when you're in college, you know, to get to go do um and I was just like, hey, this would be a fun, you know, like, hey, that seems to be the thing. And I enjoy, obviously, you know, a history major, so I enjoyed, you know, World War II. I, I kind of specialize in those types of movies right now. And and um, that was kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, well, why don't I just do that? I'll just, you know, not a lot of people have access to maybe some of that stuff. And it always looks good on camera. And so I was like, I'll just, you know, we, so we did something in college. We shot a little 30-minute um, short film uh, that, you know, really you know, obviously looking back on today, you know, I, I, I go, oh my goodness, you know, <laughs> it, it, it needs a lot of work. But at the time, you know, it was, it was amazing, you know, it's just, it's so awe-inspiring, so, you know, just um, really wanted to make me pursue filmmaking. I had so much fun. And so I just kind of kept, you know, from that experience and from feedback from people, I just kind of kept plugging away at it and getting bigger and better and learning from mistakes and uh, growing, hopefully, and, you know, and so, I, and I hope that, you know, my film projects have, you know, reflected that, um, but yeah, that, that kind of was, the, so, to answer, so, that was a long story to answer your question, but the short answer would be, they kind of went hand in hand, it just kind of, they both, I kind of brought both together, and they've been growing together. So, approximately, how many uh, various projects and productions would you guys say that man, uh, man the line services each month, including your own, because that's something else I don't want to lay on. But yet, you're able to use the the um, equipment and the props and the various vehicles and everything for your own production, but then I imagine other productions are also coming to you guys saying, hey, we're making a World War One set piece um, that's going to take about three weeks to film or whatever. Can we borrow your, your equipment and, and rent it out from you? How many, how many productions are you guys uh, helping out each month? Well, um, you know, it's, you know, with film production, it always seems like it comes in, it, like all shows up at once, and or and then we'll be dead for you know maybe months or even a year. You know, it just it just that always just seems to be the way that it kind of is. And films reflect that, you know, it's like all of a sudden everyone's every the hot hot thing is to make, you know, a World War Two movie, and everyone's making one at the same time. Um, but yeah, I I definitely feel like you know we usually help between or help in some capacity between you know, six or eight, like, kind of, I would call them independent feature films. Um, you know, those can range from budgets from, like, you know, no budget to, you know, maybe, you know, $10 million plus. Um, we usually, you know, and then, 
you know, I, I would say like any major studio film that's ever come out in the last, oh, geez, you know, definitely the last five, six, seven years, I've had at least some of my stuff featured in it. Where, you know, that could be, you know, several, several sets of uniforms or boots. You know, like for Fury, like the movie Fury, I know they had me overnight a bunch of, uh, I had these like original map cases that they wanted to have for Brad Pitt because he wasn't happy with whatever he had. So I had these like mint original from World War II ones and they had me over, FedEx overnight it to the set. And, uh, so I, I, and I know I supplied a couple other pieces, but that was always, that's kind of always a fun story. I don't know if that ever got used in any of the shooting. I don't know, you know, I don't ever know what happened to him, but I definitely know. They definitely paid to have them overnighted, so which was not cheap uh, to the UK. So um, yeah, it just kind of it always depends uh, the work. You know, kind of the, some of the stuff that I'm always proud of is I help supply or at least you know find pieces for a lot of you know like theater productions across the country. That's always kind of fun to do because you know as much as I love you know I I do love the history and so it's kind of fun to help. Uh, you know, maybe a local theater. They don't necessarily have, you know, the budget, obviously, like that maybe a film set would have. But just, like, helping them, like, piece together something that is reasonable within their budget that they can they can present their audience in order to, you know, have them have an enjoyable experience watching the movie. You know, they don't necessarily have to have picture, per, you know, like, exact replica pieces on their on their performers, you know, like, and I can kind of usually help them be like, okay, you can go to Walmart and get, you know, these type of boots and these type of pants and this shirt and this tie, and that's pretty close to what I make, and it will look really good on in theater. So um, that's what it's kind of fun to be able to do to help them. Well, I'll be perfectly honest. I mean, I really didn't, uh, uh, you really didn't pop up on my radar until I saw the film War Pigs in 2015, and that was, you know, thanks to Mr. Dolph Lundgren, obviously. Mm -hmm. And it appears that that was one of your first gigs working on, an, like, a real feature-length uh, uh, movie. Um, and on that one, it's interesting, you served as the writer and the producer on the film. You also pop up as one of the soldiers in the film, uh, named Preacher. I was curious how that entire project came about. Sure. Uh, okay, let me rewrite my brain back to War Pigs. Um, so, War Pigs kind of stems from um, a short film that I had uh, called uh, Wonderland, or Wunderland. Um, it was like a 10-minute short film that I had shot uh, in college. Um, I kind of did, did it a little bit more um, uh, artistic, a little bit more cinematic, um, you know, kind of trying to help, you know, pitch a, a feature film that I wanted to make. Um, based out of that script, I did end up shooting or creating something similar to that later on. But um, at the time, you know, I was a big, big, big-eyed, um, you know, youth that was going to Hollywood to pitch pitch the project to, you know, big Hollywood producers. Um, so I ended up moving to Los Angeles, uh, right, not right out of college, but pretty pretty close, you know, with, within a year. Um, and I had this project in my hands. Um, I'd done, you know, maybe a couple of feature films, you know, in the sci-fi genre before, but this was, like, going to be my project. Um, ultimately, you know, I would kind of pitch that around to different companies, and, you know, everyone was super nice and great, but I, I didn't have any takers, um, except for one one company um, called VMI uh, Vantage Media, Andre Relis, who has been my producing partner on several projects, he just fell in love with the the script and the idea. Uh, he also, I mean, he's a big big World War II fan, um, 
and he definitely saw the potential um, that I was, you know, definitely saw the potential there. And he, you know, he picked that up and he ran with it and he helped me, you know, put that all together, um, cast it, you know, with, with Dolph and, and Luke Goss and, you know, we had Mickey Rourke. Um, yeah, and he, you know, he kind of helped put that together um, with me uh, to create. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of how, you know, I wrote the film. Um, you know, I acted in it. I always say, like, when I'm acting, you know, acting to me is part part of the movie business. I mean, I love, obviously, I love all the aspects of, of filmmaking. Uh, the acting part for me is always the art side of things. Like, I feel like that's always where I get to create something. So that's, uh, so getting to be able to do that to play a character in different films. I don't do it all the time. Um, and I'm, I'm sometimes very selective if I come out and, and play, but like that, that's, that's fun for me. That's the art side of it. So, um, all the other stuff like the producing, directing, writing, that always seems like a lot of work and a lot of stress. <laughs> but, uh, when you get to act in something, that's always, it's, it's just kind of, it's, it's art and it's fun. Um, but yeah, so that, that's kind of how that all got brought together. And to be honest with you, I think, if I remember right, I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong. I think Dolph was the first one, the first main actor that said, yes, he would do it. And he basically was uh, the catalyst to, you know, kind of have the project go forward. Without, I, I would imagine, without him having agreed to play, uh, play his character, be in the movie, I don't know if it would have ever gotten made. So um, I will always be grateful and humbled that um, he was willing to take a chance on the movie, the script, you know, our, my production. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought uh, his character was a lot of fun uh, to write. And um, I remember Dolph, you know, enjoying playing that character quite a bit. And uh, I think it, you know, really works works on camera. I mean, that's that was going to be my next question. But, yeah, I mean, the film has a really stacked cast. I mean, it has Dolph Lundgren, obviously, but Luke Goss, Mickey Rourke, Chuck Liddell. And so, I mean, like I said, that, that lends perfectly to my next question. I was just curious. Okay, so Dolph Lundgren, I mean, that's what's amazing. Is, I mean, the guy has been in the movie business for well over 35 years, and all of these years later, I mean, is it, safe, is it, is it fair to say that his name still carries enough cachet to bring about financing and buzz to get a movie made. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yes, most definitely. It still has, um, obviously, Dolph has played several, you know, memorable characters over his career. And, um, you, know, it's, it, you know, domestically, I would say, you know, I would say that's obvious. And what might not be so obvious um, to some people is internationally, he's very, very popular as well. I mean, he just, he's a, he has a certain amount of gravitas, um, you know, on camera, and and rightfully so. I mean, he's 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 represent. I mean, he's part of some of the best action movies that were ever made, especially you know in the eighties, early nineties, and um, you know, and and even even you know, not to put down anything else that he's ever made. I mean, he continues. I mean, uh, Aquaman two, I know is coming out. I think it's is it coming out this summer, this fall. I mean, and you know, I know he. It could be later, but, you know, he just got done shooting that, I think, last year, um, exp the Expandable series. I mean, he's just, you know, he he, he demands um, quite a premium of, of, of uh, you know, respect in terms of, like, if you have, have him in your film. 
Well, I mean, and yeah, you've been fortunate to cast and work with some real name talent in your films. I mean, Delph, obviously, like we said, but Mickey Rourke, Tom Berenger, Michael Jai White, and that's just that's just the tip of the iceberg. Yet, what's here's what's really fascinating to me about these productions and these stars is that it seems like, and if I'm if I'm wrong with any of this, please please correct me. But it seems like with with many of these uh, these independent productions, is that these stars are um, that they seem like more or less commodities that the production can really only afford for a few days. So the production then has to, uh, you know, they're only there for, you know, for a few days. So I'm just curious how the production works in, uh, works around this and considering, okay, yes, these are names that the films are being sold on, yet their screen time is going to be fairly limited. So when you're putting together a movie, how do you guys kind of keep that in mind and, and work around that? Well, I think one of the things, and so I can probably only speak to maybe how I, you know, go about that process, um, how I create my pro- my film um, to accommodate, you know, you know, a, a, a named actor definitely with, you know, that has that driving force for your for your your film, um, but you might be limited in the amount of days that you have him. And I think for me, like, you know, <laughs> well, it always starts with script and story. And the definitely for them, you know, it's the character. You know, they have to be wanting to be interested in playing in the world and also that character. Um, but then, you know, kind of like comes the fine-tuning of, okay, if I'm only going to have an actor maybe for a day or two or three or four or five, you know, how many pages or how much time of screen do would be preferred um, that you're able to do while you have them to, you know, obviously have them in your movie. And so I always try to keep you know, the characters that I write for them, um, I, I don't want to say simple at all because they're definitely not simple characters and they're definitely not simple scenes. But, like, what, you know, what what do I need to, you know, like, if I know I'm going to write, like, you know, in my World War II movies, you know, I have, there's always, a, you know, there's always kind of like the commanding officer roles and which usually are, you know, com, you know, are be are able to be played by maybe a little bit older actors because obviously, you know, they would be older commanders. I mean, that's why they're, you know, majors or colonels or, or what, what have you and so forth. And so knowing, knowing that, you know, writing a role like that um, and knowing that, listen, these guys aren't necessarily going to have to be playing on like the front lines, you know, in, in a firefight, you know, and, and so how can I, you know, incorporate incorporate them into my story organically, you know, to help move the story forward. Uh, and then also as well as giving them, you know, enough, um, you know, character development that they feel comfortable um, with, you know, playing, you know, only, you know, only being in the movie for maybe X amount of time, but knowing that their character is very important to the story and to driving things forward. And I think also it's very important as you're creating these characters, to make sure that they're involved, you know, from the beginning and to the middle to the end. I mean, you can't just, it's not fun to see Dolph, you know, you know, play a character only maybe for, you know, let's just, just for maybe a couple scenes at the beginning and then never see him again. I mean, the, your, your audience wants to see them, you know, play throughout the whole movie. And so just making sure that you can incorporate them into the story organically, you know, smartly, enjoyably throughout the whole film, while also trying to limit um, the amount of shooting days or time that you might need to have that character available. Um, one of the fun things that, you know, 
I just got done doing um, that's going to come out later this fall. It's called, it's called Operation Seawolf. It stars Dolph. And one of the, the amazing things is, you know, I was given a kind of a task of um, several things that needed to happen with Dolph obviously having to play the lead in this movie. He was the lead. And, you know, but with the lead comes this, you know, you know, I knew I had was was going to have limited days with with Dolph. It's like okay, well, and I had I ended up having a script, you know, fifty or sixty pages uh, of um, him him in the script, and that's quite a lot of pages when you know you're limited on time. Um, so, you know, trying to make sure to logistically plan that out with your shots, your locations, um, your, t- your your timing of everything, um, your company moves, you know, so you do that with your ads making sure that you can cover all your bases um, to get all the scenes shot. And I would also say, on top of that, you really want to make sure to incorporate, let the actors be involved in the process and let them know, like, what, you know, obviously they, they know what they're signed up for, but, you know, no one wants to go work 23-hour days. And that's just not, you know, you don't want to make Dolph work 23-hour days. Well, he, and he wouldn't do that. But, you know, no, I don't want to work a 23-hour day. No one wants to do that. So how can we make sure to comfortably, you know, get everything done in reasonable reasonable amount of time? And I feel like always keeping the actors aware of what the game plan is, you know, is super important. Um, they're very uh, they're very smart. They've obviously been in lots of projects, and they know. I mean, they look at the page count and they know. Okay, well, I'm here for X amount of days. How are you going to pull this off? And being able to kind of relay that to them before you even shoot, um, so they can feel comfortable with the game plan. And they know going into it, you know, hey, there's a plan to get this done, and they like it, and maybe they're, you know, and they're on board. And so that way, when you do have those moments where, like, hey, we need to be here a little bit longer, or, you know, hey, can I have you, you know, can we have this be instead of maybe a 12-hour day, it's a 14-hour day. I mean, they're 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 game for it because they've been, you know, involved in the plan. They know what you're trying to do, and they're excited, you know, to kind of help bring that together. Well, yeah, I mean, and I've read um, quite a bit on how these independent productions work, especially when it comes to, like you said, casting these name stars. And the, one of the things that I have to give you major, major props for in War Pigs is how Dolph, for example, is in the film for a good majority of it. And, you know, many of these productions, especially, I mean, let's just say, let's look at the ones that, with Bruce Willis, for example. You know, those ones will have Bruce on set for only a couple of days. And he's barely even in the film, yet it's his name and his face that's being used to sell the picture. And it seems like with War Pigs, you guys made a conscious effort to include Dolph in on all of the action sequences. Was this, was this the idea? I mean, was this a conscious effort on your behalf where you guys were kind of like, okay, yes, we realize that our, our, our time with Dolph is limited, yet we're going to put him to work in the scenes of the film that truly count. And that is the action sequences. Was that kind of your thinking there? Well, yeah, I, I would definitely say yes. Um, you know, one of the things that I, you know, and I know that the type, you know, when the names come in and they're barely in the movie and they, they disappear. And, I, you know, I, I can, I definitely, now doing several of these, I can understand sometimes why that is. And maybe some logistical things didn't work out just the way that it is. But, like, I always try to make a conscious effort to really have, you know, my my named actors be intricately involved in the story. And I, I really want, I mean, they're, that's fun for me. I, I, I like to, you know, have them play characters. And it's fun for them. I mean, they, they you know, the actors, you know, Dolph, Dolph especially, but all, all named actors, I mean, they, they love playing, I mean, they love playing characters. And so sometimes, 
you know, you can, they'll, they will go that extra mile and they'll, like, I, for war pigs, I know Dolph, I mean, we had him in a lot of stuff and we even upped his, his, I don't want to say screen time, but like his, his involvement in the film, you know, right before we even started shooting because we were having a lot of fun with his character. And, and we ended up, on his last day, he ended up going to like, I mean, we started, I think we, I mean, we had a lot of pages to shoot just because we had some weather issue the day before. And Dolph, I mean, Dolph knew that. We started early. I think we went to like maybe two or three that night. And Dolph, you know, we asked him, you know, because we weren't going to get everything shot of him unless Dolph agreed to stay there to shoot because he was done. And he was gracious and he was totally down for it. And he said, I will be here until we get this done um, for you guys. And and I, I'll never forget that. It meant so much. And, I mean, he he put in a, a very long day to make sure that we got all this footage and, um, you know, I think part of that, I mean, obviously Dolph is, you know, an amazing human being, genuine guy. But I also think, like, he was enjoying his time there and he was enjoying his character and wanted to make sure that he, he you know, with us, gave everything that he could to bring that character to life and not have any of those issues where you see, you know, like, oh, well, where did, you know, maybe where did Bruce Willis go? Well, you know, they just didn't get all the scene shot with him because they ran out of time. I, I'm, that's not to put anything down with Bruce. I don't know any of the circumstances of any of that stuff or any of the actors. Just, you know, that happens. That's just the way that it is. Yeah. And, and you know, Dolph was very gracious and was, was there to, you know, complete complete his work, and, and it really meant a lot. And I do think it, it showed up on, on screen. Well, last question about War Pigs, and I, <laughs> I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about it, is, uh, is Mickey Rourke's character. Now, <laughs> sure. in, the, in the film, he is wearing this cowboy hat and tinted aviator sunglasses that really don't necessarily appear very uh, World War II accurate. And so I have a theory about this, and maybe I'm completely wrong. Hopefully you can uh, put this to rest. But I'm wondering if, I've heard and I've read that um, Mickey Rourke is one bear that you really don't want to poke. And so I'm wondering, did he show up on set and he's like, yes, I'm wearing this and you guys are going to have to roll with it? Or what was the, whose decision was that? Oh, yeah, that was definitely Mickey's. That was definitely a, uh, yeah, this is what I'm wearing and you're just going to have to roll with it type of situation. So, um, you know, (laughs) there's a lot of fun stories from from that for me uh, with Mickey. But, you know, it definitely, yes, those are, you know, I, saying this, you know, he definitely, and I think Mickey's kind of known for that where he kind of picks, like, I'm wearing this and I'm doing this and that's just the way that it is and if you want me out of my trailer, you're just going to have to accept it. So, those are, you know, some of the issues, or I shouldn't say issues, but those are some of the items that he needed to have and, uh, you know, I was just very thankful that, you know, he wore the rest of the costume that we had to <laughs> You know, you win some, you lose some. Um, You know, obviously, you know, when you produce something, you know, you want things to be perfect. But, um, you know, sometimes you just got to pick your battles. And, you know, sometimes the, you know, the the art for the actors is important to them. And you just got to know when to roll with it. Was that hard for you, though? I mean, you're, I mean, this, this project in a lot of ways was your baby. You wrote the script. You're one of the producers. And you're also a huge history buff. So having, you know, this, this mega star come on set, insisting on, on wearing an item that, let's, let's be frank, does not, 
suit the uh, the, the time period. Was that difficult for you? Did you just kind of have to, you know, bite your tongue and were like, all right, the movie is getting made. There are other battles to, to fight here. Well, A, you know, I knew, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm definitely a, a businessman too, and I knew, like, not, you know, fighting with him about it would not, I mean, we probably wouldn't get anything changed, and we'd only lose time, and not everything would get shot. So I knew that there's not, I knew there was no reason to even pick that battle. And But also, like, you know, sunglasses, cowboy hat, you know, I'm a big fan of a movie called uh, Kelly's Heroes, and they have a character. It's a World War II movie uh, that's very popular and famous amongst World War II movie buffs, such as myself. And they have a few few uh, oddball characters in there that aren't necessarily period accurate. And you know, Mickey Mickey is kind of already a, a, a unique person. So I was just like, you know what, maybe maybe in the future it'll just be racked up to, hey, there's Mickey Rourke, and he's wearing his cowboy hat and sunglasses, even though it's not correct for the film. Um, just like yourself. I mean, people notice it, and they kind of, you know, if they watch any Mickey Rourke movies, like, yeah, Mickey Rourke, that's what he does. So, you know, it kind of lives in movie legend. You know, it's just another, you know, another piece of, of, of Mickey Rourke movie history. And, you know... As well as you know, I want things to be historic, but you know, like it, it to me, it's like okay, well, there's a, a there's Mickey Rourke being Mickey Rourke in my movie, so you know, I can add to the, I got Mickey Rourke, so it's all good, it's all it's all good, and I kind of knew that, and I just accepted it, and it's just the way that it is. Pick your battles. Yeah. Well, you have two more films with Dolph coming up. Uh, it, it seems like both of them were filmed this past year: uh, Operation Seawolf and Come Out Fighting. Were these two separate ideas that you had where Dolph was once again available or did you tailor these films and roles with him in mind? Because they both seem to get developed and fairly quick, uh, filmed fairly quickly. Is that right? Yes. Yes. So, um, you know, Operation Seawolf, which is, uh, comes out this fall. Um, it's based on a, it's set in World War II, follows um, a U-boat captain as uh, he kind of, goes through the last days of World War II on a uh, mission uh, c- kind of sent out at the last uh, remain- remain- Operation Seawolf, uh, very true to life. Um, that's what they called them right at the very end of the war uh, to kind of attack the United States coast and try to, you know, breathe some life into their, their last bit of war effort. Um, you know, I wrote, I wrote that with Dolph 100% in mind. Uh, it was completely created uh, with Dolph as playing... Um, uh, Captain uh, Hans Kessler, and uh, I just, you know, I've obviously I've gotten to know Dolph over the years. I've worked with him a couple times, and you know, I, I, you know, I kind of tried to write a character that I was like, I really would love to see Dolph play this and and uh, bring it to life. You know, Dolph always looks great in uniforms for obvious reasons, and he he has that strong jaw. And I was like, I, you know, yeah, yeah. in War Pigs, I, I had him wear a, a, a German uniform, and I, I remember, you know, because he's, he's as a disguise, you know, to get into to the Germans. Uh, yeah. And I remember every, you know, that was one of the biggest things everyone kept commenting on. They're just like, Dolph really looks good in the German uniform. You know, it was that strong jaw and the blonde hair. You know, he looks like a, you know, a, a German, uh, German captain. And I was like, you know what, you know. I, I, he did look really good in that German uniform. So I was like, ah, oh, you know, he would look good in a U-boat, you know, in a in a navy, you know, a navy in navy um navy cut cut hat and and sweater and stuff. So I was like, this, this is, 
you know, and there's kind of the stars aligned to make that work. I sent the first draft off to his team uh, to review, and he 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 loved it. I mean, he he loved the character, he loved the role. And then what was fun is, and and Dolph Dolph has obviously done several several films, and uh, he's he's amazing with character development, story. I mean, he he directs uh, directs projects, so he knows you know like how you know how to think about you know, shot angles and all this stuff. And, and together we, we were able to kind of work on the character, work on the development of the story. Uh, Dolph is amazing with story. I mean, he, he knows when something's going to work and doesn't work in a script. I mean, he's done enough, especially action films, you know, so he knows like, oh, hey, we need, we need this. I need, we need something here. And so just to kind of be able to work with him hand in hand in creating this character and, and then being able to, you know, learn from his years of experience of, of being involved in, in Hollywood and, and films and movies. I mean, it was just, it was an incredible experience that um, I'll never forget. And I, I, I uh, I'm very fortunate. Job. And I, I'm super excited for people to see the movie when it comes out. It's, it's one of the, I mean, for me, it is the best movie I've ever made. And it was, an, uh, you know, for me anyways, I mean, I, and I, I'm always proud of all of my movies, but you know, the, the, this, this movie was the first time I kind of like all the pieces you know, that I wanted to bring together, got brought together. And I was very excited um, to kind of see that. And, and, and also kind of my first time really getting to use VFX and CGI. And because, you know, obviously in the U-boat, you know, you're out in the ocean fighting Navy ships and, and um, you know, really bringing that world to life. It was the first time I've kind of been able to do that. And it was it's very exciting. And I'm just really excited for people to see it. I think they'll be very impressed. So we have, uh, here in the next year, we have two... World War II set movies, both starring Dolph Lundgren. Operation Seawolf, it sounds like in that one, he's a lead, whereas in Come Out Fighting, he's more as a, uh, a, a supporting character, right? Yes, yes. So for, so for Come Out Fighting, um, uh, it's, it's set during World War II. It follows the 761st Tanker Battalion, who uh, was an all-African-American unit in World War II, um, served under uh, Patton's Third Army. Um, and Dolph plays uh, one of their commanding officers. And I know, um, you know, it, it's one of those stories that I've, I've always had in the back of my mind kind of developing. I, I've gotten to work with some great uh, African-American cast members in the past, and they just loved it, and they wanted to be involved in it. So we were able to develop it. Um, you know, I brought this, you know, I, working off the of Seawolf, um, you know, I, I was, you know, I, you know, knowing Dolph, and he's just, and he's just such a great guy, you know, hey, what are you working on? What do you got going on next? You know, I wish you luck. And, I, you know, I said, oh, I'm working on come up fighting this. He's like, well, let me know. I mean, that sounds like a lot of fun. Send it over to me if there's a part that you think I could play, and I'll, I'll you know, I'll give it a read. You know, and I wasn't necessarily expecting him to have to play anything or, or, or be involved. I knew it was more of a – I mean, it's obviously not a support – I mean, it is a supporting character, um, but it, it's a very intricate part. And, you know, and obviously Dolph plays – is the lead in, in lots of things. And so just to have him be supportive of the project, you know, um, you know, it was great. You know, I sent it over to him. He, he was, he loved the character. He loved the opportunity. I know one of the things that he did for come up, I, you know, he's just like, I, I got to get a big scar on my cheek. Um, so it was fun to, you know, do, do a fake, you know, doing, doing, you know, finding looks, different looks for Dolph. So he, he's got a big battle scar across his cheek. It looks, he looks great. Um, yeah, no, it's just a lot of fun. He obviously does a fantastic job. You know, that movie will probably be out towards the end of fall. So um, I'm just getting that finished up. 
here probably, you know, in the next month or two. Um, yeah, so, I mean, he obviously does a fantastic job. Uh, the, the, the film, my lead, Hiram, Hiram uh, A. Murray, is fantastic. Second time I've worked with him, or third, third time I've worked with him. I mean, he's also in, he'll also be in Seawolf um, as well. So, I mean, it just, he does an incredible job, and, you know, obviously him, uh, you know, I have Kellen Lutz in it, uh, Michael J., Michael Jai, um, as well, and it's just, it, you know, and, and Tyrese Gibson, I mean, I just, it's a really blessing to kind of have, you know, some of these bigger names, you know, wanting to be involved in, in the project, and, you know, seeing them, you know, bringing them all together and, and seeing their work come to life, um, how they support each other, how they work well together, uh, you know, and just really were it dived into their characters, um, just really incredible. And obviously, you know, Dolph does a fantastic job. And and uh, yeah, no, I'm really excited for people. I mean, you'll get to see Dolph as uh, a German and then an American. So I mean, what what could be better? Well, it seems obviously like uh, World War Two is your favorite uh, uh, historical period, I guess, to uh, to to make these movies about. Do, do you ever see yourself? running out of stories to tell from this period of history, or is there still plenty of materials and stories to kind of mine from this, uh, from this era to keep you busy? You know, I, if, if someone was to tell me, like, Luke, all you're ever going to get to do is make World War II movies or projects, I, I, I definitely would tell them I, I won't be sad. I mean, I, I love the era. I love telling, telling those stories. I mean, there's just, there's so many, there's so many, uh, there's, you know, thousands of untold stories, you know, it affected so many people in so many lives, um, spanning generations. And there's just so many stories to tell. And, you know, it's just bringing, you know, finding the story of the men and women, you know, their personal journeys as they, you know, had to survive whatever their circumstances were in that war. Um, I just don't think that you can run out of, I mean, it's just there's, there's just so many people that it touched, and there's so many different circumstances that brought brought their them to where they were. But I, I just it, it's like the perfect place to be. I mean, it truly is a war that was fought with good and evil, and it's just you know the human the human contact with with presenting those stories. I mean, I just I just don't I don't see it. Yeah, I don't see it ever being not being able to find something to tell. There's always a new story to find. Well, I mean, and you seem to be extremely busy. You have, obviously, quite a lot of exciting projects on the horizon. I mean, is it is it safe to say, it seems like, I mean, from the, uh, this is just the outsider's perspective, but it seems like the uh, the pandemic, you know, was uh, was, was good for you in, in your business. I mean, it sounds like you were able to get a lot of work done, a lot of projects underway during this period. Is that is that fair to say? I mean, Oh, this is a this is a fun topic to to uh, try to tiptoe through. So, uh, most definitely yes. Um, I was probably the busiest I've ever been during the pandemic. Um, I would say mainly because, you know, I well, I'd love to you know think that I have the talent and I, and I do you know. I, but also, I like I I had the um, I wasn't I don't want to say I wasn't scared of the pandemic, but I, you know, I being a student of history, and I, I always say this like, you know. Uh, that you know the bold can be rewarded, and the one the the people that are willing to take risks and are willing to put themselves on the line, 
um, you know, to go out there and, and make the work happen even under conditions that are, are not normal and not um, ideal. And, and not that making these films was, you know, in, in any sort of the sense of unsafe or, or not, you know, not done properly. Um, they were done very safe, very properly. They did require that extra, you know, bit of, of you know, uh, due diligence in terms of keeping, you know, you always want to keep your cast and crew safe, but there's just a whole new aspect of, um, you know, safety that you had to keep in mind. And so being able to, you know, and as a producer, you know, one of the things that I love about producing is, you know, each film has its own challenges. And this, you know, COVID-19 provided, you know, <laughs> its own set of challenges. And while, you know, I feel like I definitely have more gray hair about, from it, uh, it definitely um, was a challenge that I was willing to accept because I knew there wouldn't be too many others that would be able to, to figure it out and be able to create during such uh, trying times. And, and I felt that I could do a really great job for the projects that I had lined up while also keeping everyone safe and secure, knowing that we are making, you know, something that's very important to, obviously, with films, but also history, but also during a time that, you know, it was cha challenging for everybody. Well, this has been an absolute pleasure. I mean, like I said, I, 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 I love War Pigs. War Pigs is a fantastic movie, but in looking at uh, uh, your upcoming slate, yeah, Operation Seawolf, I'm extremely psyched for, as well as Come Out Fighting. Like I said, this has been a pleasure, and uh, I wish you nothing but the best. I can't wait to see these films, but uh, I hope you have a wonderful uh, rest of the year uh, with, with all of your endeavors. Well, thank you so much. Um, I super appreciate being on, on the podcast and inviting me on. Um, you know, it's always fun to kind of get to talk about your art, and, um, you know, not too many times you get to do that. So thanks for listening to my stories. Hopefully they were adequate and not so long-winded. <laughs>